0: Thank you for listening to the Central Buna podcast. The following is a message from our January preaching series featuring guest speaker, Jason Fortenberry, pastor of the River Church in Maryville, Louisiana. For more information on Central Buna, go to cbcbuna.com. So, um, the good news is, um, I'm only going to preach about two hours. Okay. Um, I'm just kidding. I did grow up. My mom and dad are here. Uh, I grew up in Baptist church back in the 80s and the 90s when you had revivals and they lasted all week long and they went all during the the school week and guys preached literally for two hours. I did my best sleeping uh, in the church pew. I tell people all the time that when I grew up, I grew up with a drug problem. My mom and dad drug me to church every time the doors were open. Uh, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival services. I remember uh, growing up in my childhood, we had um, church uh, literally before we went to school. We would have revival services at First Baptist Church Newton. That was our home church. And we would gather from what, mom and dad, like 7 to 7.30. And then we'd go across the road to the elementary school. Uh, And the greatest memory I have is not the gospel. It was the donuts. True story. And we've implemented those donuts into uh, our uh, strategy of reaching the lost uh, at the River Church. And so if you are someone that uh, worships with us at TRC in Maryville, and by the way, our folks come from all different communities. So some of you are from Yuna, some of you are from Coveryville, uh, some of you are from Maryville in different places. So we're all from different places. But if you uh, come from the church where I pastor, if you would just kind of wave, put your hands up so we, I can show you appreciation for coming and being with us tonight. So thank you so much. And then um, my dad, uh, dad, go ahead and stand up. This is my dad. He just turned 52. Um, So just watch it. (laughs) Uh, this is my mom and dad and so if you if you come my dad is a pastor at uh, Calvary Baptist Church in Deweyville just down the road so if you come from mom and dad's church if you will just kind of put your hands up so we can uh, show our appreciation for you guys being with us thank y'all so much the last time that I was in a pulpit other than preaching funerals and memorials uh, was at dad's church dad what year do you think that was other than the pulpit that I I preach in well I'm gonna fly off of here in a second so when was the last time I preached revival uh, service for you guys? John, when was the last time? Stephanie, when was the last time? Okay. All right. I, I, I cannot remember the last time that I missed a Sunday uh, at, our, at our church. We are a church plant uh, in May. I was telling uh, Rusty, in May we're going to turn 10 years old, which is unbelievable that the church is already that old. Um, and, and I don't miss because of the nature of the people we're trying to reach. We're trying to, to connect with people that are uh, unchurched and people that are de-churched. And if you're not familiar with that terminology, it's people that are lost and do not know the gospel and people that are de-churched, people that are out of church because they got wounded or they got hurt and they've disconnected from local fellowship. So that's always been our purpose and our goal. And it's real important for, for us when they arrive that they can connect with me in some personal way. And so I haven't missed a Sunday Uh, What problem probably like seven eight years now, there's Sundays that I'll be there that I'll have someone else preach But I'm sitting on the front row and I'm participating in the worship segment with the band because they need to have that personal uh, Contact and feel in some way connected Uh, And so it's it's very different for me and I appreciate the 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 invitation to be here tonight Uh, And so I hope that I don't completely make a mess of this, but if I do, you know God's gonna get the glory anyway and so, what I, I thought about, what I, what should I talk about, and what should I share with you? And so we just finished a really neat series at our church this morning, uh, talking about new things and new beginnings and 2024 and a new year. And I thought about how I could go back and I could talk about some of that. And then I thought about all, some of the series that we had just concluded this past year. And, and there were all these really neat messages that really jumped out at me. And I thought that would be great. And then I, uh, you had sent me some of the stuff that the other pastors, had, uh, preachers had, had spoken about. And, and I thought about there's so many ways and so many things I could talk about. all of which are good because the gospel's good, amen? But then God was like, well, you know what you should talk about. You should talk about what you're most passionate about because I I rarely get an opportunity to speak to someone that's other than our congregation. I'm sorry for those of you that worship with us, just act like you haven't heard this before. And so what I want to talk to you about in the next couple of minutes, and my nine-year-old right here uh, um, just whispered, she said, Dad, keep it short. (laughs) Uh, true story now her face is red I've got my beautiful bride with me we've been married over 16 years stormy I've got my 12 year old she's 6 2 I think but anyway uh, Karis and then my nine-year-old uh, Kyra Zoe and so she told dad keep it short and I'll be short I don't preach a long time but I want to share with you what is most important to me I want to share with you in the next couple of minutes what has radically and completely transformed my life and I'm talking about I was going one direction, folks, and I'm telling you, the greatest thing that ever happened to me was falling in love with Jesus Christ. I grew up in church, and I actually kind of talked a little bit about this this morning to my people. I grew up in church, and I had all the intellectual head knowledge that you could imagine. I went to Sunday school. I went to VBS. I was familiar with the gospel. If you were to ask me as a child up into my, my student, in the student age, of you would have said, hey, do you believe in God? I said, absolutely. You would, if you would have asked me to talk about the Bible, I could have given you stories because I, was, I sat under the Bible. I never read the Bible, but I was underneath the Bible. If you were to ask me, do you believe in Jesus? I would have said wholeheartedly, I believe Jesus lived, died, dead, buried, resurrected. See, I believed all, all of that intellectually, but it wasn't until the age of 20 that I found heart knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so what I wanna to talk to you about, it's two simple things. I wanna to talk to you about loving God and loving people. That is our passion, that's what we talk about, and we have it on our stage at our church, and we, ne- we keep it in front of our people. Our mission is simple. Uh, it's to love God and love people. It's to be about the up and the out. It's about the vertical and the horizontal. And this is what's going on in a lot of our churches. And, and I'm not familiar with this congregation, and so if you worship here, I have no idea what this church is like, okay, Pastor Richard, I have no idea. But a lot of churches are trying to move past the first and greatest commandment and do a bunch of stuff. And we're trying to get super busy so we can go, I'm doing a bunch of stuff. But the stuff we do, church, doesn't matter if it's not originated and if it's not born out of a deep love for the God that saved us. Because then all we're doing is modifying behavior and we're just busy. But it's not really kingdom gospel work. And so I want to talk to you about something that Jesus himself said as it relates to this importance. And in Matthew chapter 22, you've heard it before. I'm not going to give you anything brand new. In the gospel of Matthew chapter 22, I'm going to begin in uh, verse 34. In the gospel of Matthew chapter 22 verse 34, hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested Jesus with this question. He said, teacher, rabbi, what is the greatest commandment? What is the mega? What is the largest? What is the most important thing, Jesus, in all of the law? If you know anything about like, The religious uh, groups of the day, and I've talked to some of our people about this. There were were just different groups. There were like Pharisees and Sadducees and Essenes and Zealots. And all of them, they had all these these groups and different uh, rules and regulations. In fact, they extracted out of the Old Testament 613 rules. Doesn't that sound fun, guys? 613 rules to live by. And they would spend their day, true story, debating them. And they would go well this rule is more demanding and it should be elevated well this one is not as important we should we should not make so such a big deal about it 613 rules and regulations that they found in the Old Testament text and they said this is what you've got to live by I don't know about you this evening that sounds horrible to me that sounds like the worst life ever see Christianity is all about being set free from sin And the last thing that I would ever want to do to any of you or my two precious girls is to see us be set free from sin and then be enslaved to a yoke of religion and more bondage. Because all you're doing is giving up one form of slavery for another. 613 rules and regulations. And so they tested Jesus. They said, hey, what's the biggest one? We know the Old Testament law, Jesus. You know the Old Testament law. What's the greatest? What's the mega? What's the largest commandment? What's the one thing that we've got to get right? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. He said, this is the greatest commandment. Folks, I want to tell you, at the age of 20, and my wife said, well, yeah, you need to share a little bit about your story. And I, I just want to share. I grew up, guys, you will not find a person more Baptist than I am. I'm, I swear, I grew up so diehard Baptist and y'all, y'all can giggle. It's the it's God's honest truth. And then I, I got off, I, I, got, I came to know Jesus at the age of 20. I went to East Texas Baptist University in Marshall. I did my undergraduate degree in theology and counseling. Went and pastored for about four or five years. Went back to school. Got my master's degree, my MDiv at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. I'm not in a Baptist church anymore, if you can't tell. I'm not dressed, Probably you probably look at me going, this dude's weird and his hair's weird, okay? I'm okay with that. I, I mean, but here's the thing, guys. I, I know... I know that sometimes we get all caught up in a whole bunch of do's and don'ts and guys I just want to tell you that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ the greatest thing that ever happened to me was when I stopped worrying about the do's and don'ts and I really began to dive into a love relationship with Jesus Christ have any of you ever heard or been to Glorietta New Mexico there's a, there's a Baptist camp. Some of you have, there's, that's where I, I came to know Jesus. And, and so I want to tell you a little bit about that story because I think it, it really has a lot of power in this first point as far as loving God and loving up and the vertical relationship. At the age of 20, God had been softening my heart to the gospel and I was not a Christian. But I started praying. True story. I started praying at the age of 20. I was living in Houston at the time. I was going to a little junior college and I was waiting tables at Papa Cetus. Any of you ever ever eaten at Papa Cetus? Boy, that's good Mexican food. Somebody say amen to that. And I worked there and it was still good. And I was just trying to figure it out and make my way and God began to soften my heart and I began to, to literally talk to God. And I began to read the Bible. I was not a Christian. And I ended up through a series of events uh, going to Glorieta, New Mexico with, uh, with my home church, First Baptist Church Newton. Uh, I was 20, and they asked me to go as a counselor. They knew I wasn't a Christian. They were actually trying to get, expose me to the gospel, long story short. And during that time, while I was up there with the students. God began to work in me, and God was convicting me, and God was saying, Hey, you know, you're not going to continue to make it on this path that you're on. And, and through a, a, all of those things, guys, you know, something happened there, and I've, I've rarely shared this story. A group of the counselors got around me. and I want you to please listen to this. And if this offends you, then good. (laughs) Sorry. A group of counselors got around me. True story. And I love the, I love, these people are still in my life today. They're still in my circle. They said, Jason, you need to say this. You need to say this prayer. And you need to do exactly what we're going to tell you to do. Can I tell you tonight, I did exactly what the counselors told me to do. Still remember, we were in a hallway, and I opened my eyes. Justin and I looked at him. I said, nothing happened. <laughs> That's how I am, I'm just very matter-of-fact. I went, nothing happened. They went, oh yeah, something happened. You said what we told you to say. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. Nothing happened. They went, oh no, you're a Christian now. I said, no, I'm telling you, nothing happened. And they just couldn't believe it. They were just awestruck. And so we all went to our rooms there in Glorietta, and we all went to bed. And the next day, it was a worship day, and everybody was in the tabernacle worshiping, and I hadn't made it there yet, and it started raining. And God began to just work me over, and God said, go out into the prayer garden. Have you ever been to Glorieta, in New Mexico? I don't even know what's happened there now. I heard the camp shut down. But anyway, they had this glorious prayer garden, and I said, okay, God, I'll go out there, even if it's raining, and it starts flooding on me, okay? And so I make my way out there, and it was there in that prayer garden. Please listen to this that the gospel of Jesus Christ invaded my heart alone. I cried out to God, you go, well, what'd you say? I don't have any idea what I said. I really don't, I still have no recollection of what I said, but I'm telling you, my life was radically changed when I fell in love with Jesus Christ. It happened in a prayer garden. It didn't happen the way people told me it should happen. It happened in a true, transparent, organic manner, folks. And I've never been the same. I've been walking with Jesus more years now than I ever did without him. I'm 46. I've been preaching the gospel for 26 years. The moment that Jesus saved me, I couldn't help but talk about him, could I, Mom and Dad? Dad tells people all the time that I just got so on fire, I'd, char- I'd charge hell with a water pistol. And you know what? True story, and I wanted to share this with you. When I, when I fell in love with Jesus at the age of 20, people all around me kept telling me, Rusty, they kept saying, Jason, you're gonna get over this. Oh, you're just you're just young and dumb and you're gonna get it's gonna you'll you'll just get like the rest of us. Folks, can I just tell you something? I've never gotten over the gospel. I've never gotten over loving God with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind and all my strength. Now, I'm not perfect. God knows that, and I will never stand. I'm I'm as messed up as anyone in this room, and praise God for his grace. But I'm telling you this. When you fall in love with Jesus, you are completely and radically changed. The one thing that matters to you is doing kingdom work. In the little bit of time that you have here in this life, the number one priority is loving Jesus and making him known to the world. To every community you can I'm so thankful that I've been given this opportunity to come and to share with you but please hear me say this the starting point is always a love relationship with Jesus Christ we can't go on to anything else if this is not right you got to love God and I think so often we go we got to love people better and we got to do this better I'm telling you, you cannot love people better if you do not love God because you will burn out people are hard to love right <laughs> I mean, we all are, and they will exhaust you, you will give up. That's why so many people come to our churches, and they stay a, a, you know, a month, or two months, or a week, or whatever it is, or a year, and then we never see them again, because all, all we're doing is modifying our behavior for a short window of time. We're going, oh, I just want to get to heaven, I want to get it right. Stop living that way. Live the way that God has called you to, because you are saved. You have been set free. You are completely different. Fall in love with Jesus. Be enamored with him. And I'm telling you, you'll go to church. I don't go to church because I want to get to heaven. I go to church because I love Jesus. I can't help. I want to be with God's people. I don't, want, I don't read the Bible so that one day God lets me into heaven. I read the Bible because I love the word of God. I don't talk to God so that one day God goes, Well, I guess I'm going to let you in because you were good enough. I know I'm not good enough. I talk to God because he's my father. Jesus said, oh, you don't need 613 rules. You need to love your heavenly father. I think as people, we want to manage it. So we would rather the rules because we could oh, do this and do that. And it's got to be this way and that way. Folks, I learned, the, one of the best lessons I learned when I fell in love with Jesus is everyone needs a little bit of wiggle room to experience God. And that's not saying the gospel is not the gospel. The gospel is the gospel. But I'm telling you, the the way that we articulate the gospel, the way that I experience the gospel, this morning I preached from Acts chapter 9 about Saul's conversion. Saul's conversion wasn't like everyone else's conversion. It was completely different. We all have different experiences about how it was coming to know Jesus. But here's what I want to say to you. Never, ever, ever, church, never get over it. Never get over your love relationship with Jesus. I love my wife. I don't know how she puts up with me Um, I love my mom and dad I love my church I feel like I just get to pastor the greatest church in the world I'm so I'm so thankful for all the things that God has done in my life but I just want to. I want you to know because I might not ever get to preach in this church again I want you to know the greatest love I have is for Jesus Christ and that love dictates and permeates and flows through every other relationship as it should he said, what's the greatest? What's the largest? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. He said, this is the greatest. This is the mega. This is the biggest thing. And then verse 39. He says, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. He says, when you get the up and you get the vertical, then it impacts the horizontals. Um, it's a challenge. I, I went and... Uh, Pastor, listen to um, part of your message this morning. I appreciate some of the things you, you said. Uh, if you're the church is going to be the church, we got to love everybody. And I love what you said. You, you said that, hey, it doesn't matter if the dad comes in and the dad's half drunk. Hey, praise God. I'm glad you're here. It doesn't matter if little Jimmy's back here with the kids saying things that are inappropriate. If that bothers you, then you're not serious about the gospel. Those are the very people that should be filling our churches. I mean, folks, let's just get honest about that. People need Jesus. People need hope, people need grace. Where are they gonna find grace in this culture? Nowhere, but the church. And I'll be quite honest, oftentimes they find no grace and no love at the church. If people walk in the doors of our churches, And I talk about churches, all of our churches. I don't care what denomination you are, all of our our local churches. If people walk into our churches and they don't find love and grace, then we are not being the church. We're supposed to love everyone. We don't get to pick and choose who rolls into this place. We should want people to come in here that need Jesus. And I love what you said about transfer growth. That's really what you were referring to this morning in your message. We don't need transfer growth. We don't need people to leave that church and go over here because church is like a buffet. Well, I like your preaching better than his preaching. I like that music better. That's not what the church is about. The church is about reaching people with the gospel. We want people to fall in love with God, and in the process, we should be serious about our commitment to love all people. And I mean that, all people. Our church, I'll I'll, I'll put some skin and bones on it. Our church takes a a ton of criticism. Some of you are like, ooh, I'm finna go look at that church on social media. We take a ton of criticism because we love all people. And people will go, well, Pastor, I mean, how do you let people come to your church? I mean, they do this and that, and I want to go, what are you doing? I mean, just because you hide your sin better than someone else doesn't mean that you're any better. And I go, what do you mean? They're, everyone needs church. I mean, I don't care whatever you're doing. If you're doing on Friday or Saturday night, by God, come worship with us. I, I mean, let like the gospel. If people, I really believe this. We talk about uh, the gospel. It's the greatest story ever. It's the good news of Jesus. Do we believe that, church? Because if we believe that, we would want people to come to our churches that need to hear the gospel. And we would trust that the gospel will change their hearts. But we're going, well, I mean, look what they're doing. Look how they live and look how they talk. And look, I'm going, no, that's exactly right. That's why they need to sit under the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel's the greatest story ever told. Those are the folks that need to be in our church. Loving God and loving people, loving your neighbor. And by the way, in the context of this, Jesus was just saying the person that's next to you or nearest to you. So here in Vienna, loving your neighbor, that is not an easy task. Some of you are like, oh, that'll preach. My neighbor gets on my last nerve, okay? I get it, because people are hard to love and going to church is not easy. If you find a ch- perfect church, don't go there because you will mess it up, right? There are no perfect churches. We're just sinners and saved by grace. But I'm telling you, we've got to be serious about our commitment to love people. I mean, and that's what it comes down to for me is the moment that I responded to the gospel, guys, and I fell in love with Jesus, and he is top of the totem pole. He is number one. Then all of a sudden, I had to get serious about my Not just my love for God the Father, but my love for other people that are created in his image. And Jesus died for them, and God loves them just as much as he does you or me. And that's always something to keep in perspective. God loves those people that you can't stand just as much as he does you. You go, no, I go to church. God, that doesn't matter. Well, I read the Bible and I pray. Jesus died for them just as much as he did you. Period. That is the gospel. Love God, love your neighbor. You said, well, pastor, why would you come on a Sunday night um, and talk about this? Well, here's why. Very next passage in verse 40, Jesus himself said, All the law, all the prophets hang on these two. will going say that to you again, and I want you to just think about that this Sunday night. All the law, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy... All the law, all the prophets, minor, major prophets, all of the Old Testament texts. Jesus said, take 613 rules and regulations. And Jesus said, take 613 and I'm going to give you two. And he said, if you do these two, Central Baptist Church in Buna, Texas. Got to say Buna because there's a lot of Central Baptist Churches. I give you two. Not 613, because we'll never even get that right. We, we need to focus on two. Because Jesus himself said, if you do two, you get it all right. I think quite often we, we make the gospel and we make Christianity so complex that we don't even know like, what we believe anymore, folks. I want you to know what I believe. I believe the number one thing for our lives is to love Jesus Christ. I mean, to be like sold out. And, and I, I told our church this morning, and, you know, I'll say it here before I close. And I hope this doesn't bother you, but if you were at a table and you were gambling, I'm sure that would never happen in a Baptist church. <laughs> Being in love with Jesus means you push everything in. You don't push two, three, four chips in. Everything is on the table. You don't get to keep anything back. Everything, time, commitment, finances, Service, everything, what I do with my family, how I raise my kids or grandkids, everything goes in when we're serious about our love relationship with Jesus. There's nothing that's held back. I'm all in on this relationship. That's the best thing we could do, church. And then the follow-up to that is the natural progression all throughout the Bible is love God love people get that right and you're 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 sharing the gospel you're buying into the gospel it's the greatest story ever told so the one thing that I won't said about me I won't said about our church I won't said about my family I won't said about this church and all of our churches in this region southwest Louisiana southeast Texas because I've served in churches on this side of the river currently planted one on the other side of the river north Fort Worth God's blessed me. I've had an opportunity to serve in different places. I love this region, folks. I love this area. This is my home. This is where I grew up. My home is still in Newton. I have a heart for this area. I hope that God allows me to live out the rest of my days preaching the gospel right here in this region. It's a big deal to me. I'm passionate about it. What is the most important thing, church? It'll always be the most important thing. Loving God. And loving people, and I'm afraid when I talk this way, I can almost hear some of the wheels spinning. Well, what's after that? No, 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 no. You're missing the you're missing the whole point of the message. You don't worry about what's after that. You focus on the two that Jesus gave us because he's the one that said all the law and all the prophets hang on these two. And we're like, well, I got to get on to something else. Folks, you never get on to anything else. I've been preaching gospel 26 years. I'm still hung up on these two. You never get over it. When we get over it, we cease to be the church that God has called us to be. If you don't hear anything else, I want you to hear me say that tonight. I I, I love you guys. I love my brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a privilege, Pastor, to be able to, to be here with you guys this evening. But, but I just want to say that never get over it. Never get over the commitment to love God and love people. It'll never change. And a thousand years from now, if Jesus has not come back, it'll still be the call. We'll never get over it and we'll never move on. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for tonight. And God, I really do thank you for the simplicity of the gospel. Um, and I thank you that following Jesus is not so complex that we got to make it into something else. We can just trust it. We can just buy in. We can just believe. But it will completely and totally change us. We'll never be the same again. And God, if we are the same, after calling out and crying out to Jesus, and God, I have real questions about whether we ever had that conversion, that born again, that salvation experience. Because falling in love with Jesus, <laughs> I mean, it's like any other love. It, it changes everything. And so, God, I just pray that, God, tonight, and we we come from different churches even. God, we've come to this plot of ground and this place. But, God, I pray that the gospel message would be, be the number one thing that we all carry out of here. God, that we would look for ways on Monday to share Jesus with coworkers and friends on our campuses, in our classrooms. The church just had a student weekend. The greatest thing that our students could do is go to their campuses tomorrow morning and be salt and light for the glory of God the greatest thing we could do is leave a little mark a little bit of a legacy that in our time that we had here on earth that we made Jesus known God, I pray tonight that you get the glory Because it's all about your glory to me. Help us to love you, God, and help us to love people. And help us to never forget it and move on to anything else. As we grow and we deepen in our walk with Jesus, God, let it always bring us back home. Love you. And love people. God, I love you and I thank you for tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you as you continue to connect, grow, and serve.